Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. The title of our message, we've been in a collection of talks called Why We Believe What We Believe. I think it's very important that you know the answer to the question why. Why do we believe these things? Why do we talk about God? Why do we talk about Jesus? What happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus rose from the dead and why are we still talking about it thousands of years later? Well, I want you to know there are reasons for all of those. And if it's your first Sunday, I encourage you to go back and check out the Sunday talks from this past month and don't miss next week as we conclude the whole conversation. But what we've been doing is unpacking this thing called the Apostles' Creed. And this was pretty much condensing the million words of the Bible down to a hundred words to let people know that, hey, here are these essentials. I don't know about you, but as I get older, I'm trying to simplify my life, not trying to add more things. There was an acronym I learned when I was in advertising at Florida State for like half a semester because I quickly realized the business world, suit and tie advertising world was not for me. And they, but they told us this in one of my principles of advertising class. They said, hey, one of the methods to live when you're trying to communicate a message is KISS. And I'm like, whoa, sounds a little romantic for advertising. And they said, no, 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 the acronym is KISS, but it stands for keep it simple stupid right like this when you think like you're going to overcomplicate everything just keep it simple and so in the beginning of when Jesus had risen from the dead and ascended to heaven and the church was really honestly exploding in a good way the apostles and the followers of Jesus because they were experiencing persecution because there was confusion happening they said hey we need to give like some simplicity back to this so people know what and why they believe the things that we believe. So throw the Apostles' Creed up on the screen for me. We're gonna read it today, and then we're gonna highlight one main line. It says this, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. And on the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Here's our line for today. I'm gonna stop after I read it. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Today's message and conversation is entitled, but by my spirit, but by my spirit. As we follow along with today's message, I want you to understand that it's not my spirit, it's not your spirit, it is the Holy Spirit of God but by my spirit. If you wanna take your notes out and get ready for that, I'm gonna have you jot some things down today. If you wanna do it on your phone, you can tap the disc in front of you to get the notes through the YouVersion Bible app. But I want you to know that God has given us help. Anybody ever need help in your life? All right, yeah, I'll wait, I'll wait, yeah. <laughs> like we need help, right? There are situations where we're going through life where, man, I need help. I need just a little word of encouragement. I need someone to assist me. I need someone just to breathe some encouragement and life back into me. Can I I let you know today some truth? Is that God wants to help you? Turn to the person next to you, tell them, hey, God wants to help you. God wants to help you. God wants to help you. Then turn to the next person and say, so let him help you. So let him help you. And and do do like that, like me. Don't let me be the only, only animated person in here, all right? So let him help you. Sometimes we just need that encouragement of like, hey, God wants to help you, so let him help. 
You ever seen someone just carrying a ton of stuff? And you're like, hey, let me help you. They're like, no, I got it. I got it. Hey, it'd be way easier if I helped. Oh, I got it. Just trying to, I remember when I was in youth group, I grew up in church, and one of the best ways to impress girls when you were in middle school and high school was after youth group was just to stack up as many chairs as you could and just lift like 10 chairs, and just, even though it was killing your back as a 14-year-old. It's like, wow, look how strong that guy is, right? Like, Can I help you? No, no. I'm trying to impress some people, right? Well, guess what? If you didn't grow up in church, that story's weird for you, but it's okay little opening it up to you. But here's the thing. God doesn't need us to impress him. God doesn't look at your life and say, wow, look at all you're doing. You're really great. He says, man, you're doing a lot, and I want to help you. You're going through a lot, and I want to be there for you. So when we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, we're surrendering to this truth that God has given us help, and not help in some sort of emotional thing that we can't grab a hold of, but help in a person of the Holy Spirit. In Zechariah 4, 6, Zechariah is, God's speaking through Zechariah to a guy named Zerubbabel. Great name if you're looking for a baby name. Uh, Zerubbabel is undertaking, undertaking the task of rebuilding parts of the temple, and it's been difficult because of attacks and because of just the sheer enormity of the project, but God tells him this, it's not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit says the Lord of heaven's armies. Can I encourage you today? My message is not about you trying harder or you being more forceful or by you building your own strength. Our conversation today is actually about us letting go of all those things and emptying ourselves so that the spirit of God can fill us. So the spirit of God can strengthen us. I want you to know the Holy Spirit is a person and he wants to know you today. He wants to have a relationship with you today. He wants to help you. And so I'm going to talk about this in just a moment, but before I pray, I want you to understand why this is so key. In the Bible, we see this principle of the thing called the Trinity. The Trinity stands for God the Father, God the Son, and, and the Holy Spirit. And we'll unpack that in just a moment. But here's what I want to help you understand today is the reason that's set out like that is because when we lean into God, our Heavenly Father, is that God the Father has created everything. Like he spoke life into the darkness in the very beginning of time. And when Jesus came to the earth, so the Father created, and then Jesus, the Son, the Son communicated that. He communicated that to people in human form that, hey, this is how much God loves you. This is how much your heavenly Father cares for you. And then the Holy Spirit comes into our life to cause these things to happen. And I feel if we don't talk about the Holy Spirit, we don't talk about the thing that actually causes forgiveness and freedom and strength to actually happen in our life. So we're going to talk about the cause today. I think that's really good. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes with me and let's step into our conversation. Father, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful that you want to speak, speak to us today. And God, I pray right now, again, all of us would just take a deep breath, open our hearts and open our minds to you as you want to talk to us. God, whether we're here in person or watching online, God, I pray that this message and this conversation about the Holy Spirit would become so real and clear to our lives. God, I pray for all of our incredible kids and, and teachers and local city kids this morning. Help them realize how much Jesus loves them and how he is their very best friend. And God, we give our best to you today. We lean into you today. And we trust you as we write some notes down. And we pray that it wouldn't only impact us today, but our Monday as well. We love you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Come on, local city. Give one more good amen before we jump into the conversation today. So, so as you know, I share with this a lot and, uh, you know, I guess I don't want to jinx myself, but I'm a big Florida State fan. 
all right? And we won yesterday, so I'm super happy about that. If your college team didn't win, maybe it's just God trying to speak to you to join the righteous kingdom of the Florida State Seminoles, um, especially if you're under that orange and blue kingdom of darkness in Gainesville, uh, Florida. Uh, just kidding, just kidding, but the prayer team will be available afterwards, um, <laughs> deliverance and all that. I believe the Holy Spirit still moves in those things. But I was, I was watching the game yesterday, and I'm a little weird about this. If you talk to my wife about when I watch Florida State games, I kind of sequester myself to the front room by myself because there's just a lot of emotions at play in me. Like, it's only with really Florida State because I grew up cheering them, right? But with the Bucks, I'm good. With other teams, but man, with, with Florida State, there's just something about it. Like, sometimes my friends are like, hey, you want to watch the game together? Uh, and I'm like, not really. <laughs> no, because uh, I just got to gotta be by myself. There's a lot of emotions that I process, right? And so by halftime, the game was a little rough. I was a little worried. I'm pretty much always worried. I go into every week worried about the game. It's just what happens when you're a fan. And there were some things that were happening, and, and I was watching the halftime report, and they began to say some statements, hey, like, like if Florida State wants to take over this game, the playmakers are going to have to take control, right? That's a phrase that they use when they talk about the guys that are just created to play the sport of football. They're bigger, stronger, faster. They just know how to make plays. And if you don't have that, then things can get out of control really quickly. And it reminded me that sometimes we forget that we have a playmaker on our team who really wants to take control sometimes. And it only helps us if we allow him to take control. And the playmaker in our life that God has given us is the Holy Spirit. Let me give you three, three quick reasons why the Holy Spirit matters. Write them down for me. It's that, number one, like we said, the Holy Spirit matters because God exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you, don't, if you only talk about two of the three, you don't have a trinity anymore, which is truly powerful because that has the, that's the way God has described himself as existing. God exists in three persons, the Father who created, the Son who communicated, and the Holy Spirit who now causes these things to happen. If you only get two out of those three, that's not a passing grade, all right? And so we want to get three out of three. And the Holy Spirit is the least talked about because I believe for two reasons. The reason why some of us may be living not filled with this Holy Spirit or not leaned into the Holy Spirit of God is because of two reasons. Number one, we're just not aware or we don't fully understand the concept of the Holy Spirit. We're around Halloween time, and so we hear the word spirit. Sometimes if you grew up in a charismatic background, you hear the word Holy Ghost, and it's like, what does this mean? Is it some sort of like ethereal force that I can't put a picture on? No. It is a person. The Trinity is three persons that God exists as. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Is that hard to understand? Yes. But I want to believe in a God that is bigger than my understanding because when I'm going through something that's bigger than my understanding, I want to have someone who I can point to and turn to. It's really important to remember. So God exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Write that down for me. But the, re the other reason the Holy Spirit matters is as we're going to talk about it, is that the Holy Spirit, he is God living in us. He is God living in us. So if we jump a couple slides ahead in the notes, in John chapter 16, here's what Jesus says about what he's doing when he's about to leave. In John 16, 7, he's talking to his disciples and he tells them this, but in fact, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Look at that line, it's best for you that I go away. This is important to lean into. 
The disciples had been given, they had given everything to follow Jesus. They left everything to follow Jesus. And they were walking with him every step of the way. They were seeing him do miraculous, incredible, amazing things. And they're like, this is awesome, Jesus, let's go. And he said, hold on a second, I'm going away soon. But that's actually a good thing. Wait a minute, Jesus. You said you were the son of God. We've been waiting our entire lives for you, and you're just going away? And he says, yes. And it's actually the best thing that I do that. Here's why. Because if it just stayed about Jesus walking with us, we would never have Jesus living in us. That's what the Holy Spirit is. See, it says Jesus lived this life full of the Holy Spirit, fully entrusted and surrendered to God, and he changed the face of the earth. He changed the scope of history. He changed everything about life in the sense that now we have a way back into relationship with our Heavenly Father. I want you to lean into that word, relationship, relationship, relationship. And he says that, hey, I'm with you right now, but in order for God to do what he wants to do, in order for this good news message of the love of God to really take over the world, which is what we're hoping and believing happens, it's gotta move from God just with you to God in you. And that's the transition I hope you make today. It's because I think sometimes we come in on Sundays and we live with God on Sundays. We go into our circle during the week, which is our small groups, and we're with people and we're with God, but we haven't fully made the jump to empty ourselves and allow God to be in us. Because to be in us, you gotta let him take control. You gotta let him live inside of you. So he's God living in us. He's the third part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the third thing is, I really like this one, is that he makes me better than me. If I were to extend that statement, here's how I would write it down. It's that being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you, which maybe if you grew up in church, that's the way it was taught to you, that I have the Holy Spirit, so I'm better, I'm stronger, I'm more powerful than you. No, it's not at all how it works. But what does the Holy Spirit do? He makes me better than me. Guess what? I can never be the created version of myself that God intended me to be without the Holy Spirit. Because by human strength, I can only go this far. Like I can push, I can press, I can move, but at some point I'm gonna hit a wall or hit something that just holds me back that I can't get past. It's gonna be those moments where I can't get past it or I just feel like giving up. And it's in those moments where you feel like giving up that the Holy Spirit comes behind you and gives you that push to keep moving forward, to keep going. I'm not an Eagles fan, but there's a big play right now called the tush push that they do where it's like fourth and one or on the goal line and the quarterback gets the ball and then all his big running back get behind him and push him in because he can't do it by himself and no one can stop it right now. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to realize, hey, when I'm pushing you, when I'm making you better than yourself, there is nothing that can stand against you. Not because of your strength, not because of your force, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Come on, if you're thankful for that, I need to get us a little excited today because that's what's offered to you. Here's what the theologian Charles Spurgeon says. He says, without the spirit of God, we can do some things. No. Say it with me. Without the spirit of God, we can do Nothing. We are ships without wind. We are useless. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Good encouraging message. It'll get there. But in order for me to encourage you, I gotta be honest with you. Because here's the thing. You, will, you can accomplish a lot in the natural. I just want you to know. You're gifted. You were created with talents and abilities. You can, you can accomplish things in the natural. But if you wanna accomplish things in the supernatural, if you, want allow, if you want your life to be bigger than just what you see, 
You have got to allow the Spirit of God to come in and make you better than yourself. You've got to allow the supernatural Holy Spirit of God to be the one that you're surrendered to, to be the one that you have emptied yourself to. I told you this story. Recently, we bought a new car um, when we were about to have our second child, little Teddy, who is now over a year, which is awesome. And so we bought a, uh, a minivan, Dad Life minivan, let's go. I could show you afterwards. It's been awesome. It's such a great car. You know, sometimes I like, I'm, I'm, I'm this way, I like pulling up to a red light, especially if it's like a fast car. You know, maybe like a nice super sports car next to me. And I'll pull over, and even my minivan with the kids in the back, I'll look over and I'll rev the, rev the gas a little bit like, hey, yo, what's up, man? This minivan is ready for you, all right? Just to let them know that, hey, dad life, but I can still compete, right? I'm just weird that way, and it's okay. You can judge me. But I'm just telling you, I love this minivan. It's super awesome. It's like a little house on wheels. Kids get out, and they can play around. We park and stuff. I'm just telling you, I should be a car salesman right now, uh, convincing you to buy a, a Toyota Sienna, which is what we have. But every time I buy a new car, there's this interesting thing that happens to me when I go to fill it up. I cannot remember, like, it's a new car. So I panic and cannot remember which side is the gas tank on, right? Like, I'm like, okay, is it on driver's side? Is it on passenger side? Which side is it? I cannot remember. And I just got to tell you, maybe this is going to cause you to judge me. Maybe you already are. That's okay. I'm just trying to get you to connect. But there's this little indicator that I did not know existed until like only a year or two ago. And if you're saying, I've done that my whole life, what is wrong with you? What did they teach you in driver's ed? I don't know, but they didn't teach me this. Did you know that the little thing next to the gas tank on your dashboard, throw it up on the screen, that tells you that little arrow actually means something? And it tells you which side the tank is on? I had no idea. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't know. I just want to tell you, I didn't know. And now I do, and now I feel silly. But now I know, any, any car I get into, rental car, my cars, it's on this side, it's on that side. No more spinning around at Wawa trying to find the right side of the tank. And it's so simple, I had no idea. Can I tell you, let me bring it back to the real here. You may have no idea. The clear arrow God is pointing to you in the power that is available to you in the Holy Spirit. And you're pulling up to the gas tank and trying to do it your own way. And try, which side is it on? Ah, you're, you're pulling your hair out. You're so stressed. And God's like, hey, it's right there. Just pay attention to it. Just trust that it knows better than you. Trust that the person of the Holy Spirit wants to help you and strengthen you. But you got to just trust it. Because a lot of time, again, why was I so frustrated? Because number one, I didn't realize, I wasn't aware of it. But the second thing, sometimes we resist help. Why may, we not, why, we, why may we not be filled with the Holy Spirit today is because the first thing I told you is that you're just not aware, but the second thing is maybe you're aware and you're just resisting. You're just resisting. Like, I remember which side of the car it's on. Oh, wait, I was wrong again. We're resisting the simple arrow of the Holy Spirit because we want to be in control. Let me just tell you, you cannot be in control and surrender to God at the same time. It just doesn't work. It just does not work. I wrote this down in my journal this way, and maybe it'll encourage you. It says, if we resist the Holy Spirit, we rule out the full life Jesus promised to give us. What does it say in John 16, 7? It's better that I go, because who is coming to you is better than you could possibly imagine. It's better that I go. It's better that I step away. Because the Holy Spirit coming to live inside you is going to change you, is going to encourage you, is going to fill you. So if, if we continue to resist the Holy Spirit speaking to us and encouraging us, we rule out the full life Jesus promised to give you and I. And the disciples knew this. The Holy Spirit had a beautiful relationship with the early church. Here's what Jesus says again in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There is a very important statement here. The only way we can receive power to live the full life and creative life that Jesus intended for us is to what? Receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. That's why the, the apostles included this in the Apostles' Creed. Because they knew the only way this happened was because of the Holy Spirit. See, in Acts chapter 2, if we continue on just to the next chapter, Acts chapter 2, 1 verse 47, I'll, I'll highlight a couple things in here. It says, isn't everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit? Let me give you a little history real quick. I like history. So Jesus, we know, gave his life, died on the cross for us. We know in three days he rose from the dead. We talked about the proof of that last week. And we understood and we've seen because of witness accounts throughout history, not just concluded in the Bible, but written down elsewhere, that over 500 people saw the resurrected body of Jesus. I don't know about you, but if I saw a guy die on the cross, saw him buried, and then a few days later saw him walking around, I would kind of believe there's something different about him. Something special about this guy. 500 people saw that. Do you know in just a short time, that 500 dwindled down to only 150 people in just like a few days because of fear, because of persecution, because of confusion, because of lack of surrender, because of convenience. And we pick up the story in what the Bible calls the upper room where the disciples were gathered and they're praying and they're seeking the Lord. And scripture tells us in Acts chapter two that the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost. And all the believers that were meeting together in one place. Can I give you a couple things? I love, number one, that it says, there's a key word in here that you have to realize. And it says that everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. If you want to be filled with the miraculous power of God through the person of the Holy Spirit, you got to be present. you got to still be in the room when it doesn't make sense. You've got to keep trusting him when those questions and doubts creep in. Because that's where God moves. That's why Sundays are a priority. Small groups are, are a priority. Your personal quiet time in the first 15 is a priority. Why? Because when you're present, that's when God brings the filling power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't just happen accidentally. It's not like we're walking down the street one day, whoa, what was that? It doesn't work that way. When you seek the Lord, you will find him, and you'll find him in the Holy Spirit. And what I love about this is the Holy Spirit begins to fill the room. And there's these crazy visions, which are pretty cool, about flame on top of everybody's head, like a little flame. Just imagine the flame emoji <laughs> on top of it. Probably way more powerful looking than that. But it was on top of everyone's head. What did this signify? That now the Holy Spirit, because, again, let me give you some histor historical context. In the beginning, God would lead his people by a pillar of fire at night. And anytime you see fire or smoke in the Bible, it's a, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit guiding and strengthening people. And so this little illustration that they're writing down in Acts 2 is showing that it's moving from this giant pillar of fire to now a specific individual fire for every single person that the Holy Spirit can live inside of them. And then what happens right after that? They begin to leave, and they're speaking in different languages. And people are like, yo, that's my language. Because what was happening is during this time, this festival that was happening had brought in people and Jewish people from all over the globe to this one area, in this one place. And they walk out of this upper room experience with the Holy Spirit speaking in different languages. Some people are like, yo, they're drunk. And Peter's like, it's nine o'clock in the morning, a little too early, all right? That's not what happened. That was, that was a joke, it really is in the Bible though, but that is a little silly observation. 
And literally Peter says, it's too early for that, all right? And so what happens is though people are realizing that this is God doing whatever it takes to reach people through miraculous transformation and knowledge and wisdom that people get in the blink of an eye because God wants to reach people. And then what happens is these people are like, these guys are crazy, they're drunk, what is going on? And Peter, keep in mind the Peter that only a week before denied Jesus in front of three people and told a 12-year-old little girl, I don't know Jesus, cussed around and said, get away from me, that's what happened. A week later, this Peter gets up and says, hey, that's not what's happening. They have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because this guy named Jesus came to this earth, taught us about the love of God, showed us the miraculous power of God here on this earth, communicated to us that our God is a father who loves us and cares for us. And guess what? Even when he did all that, we killed him, we put him in the grave. But three days later, he walked out of that grave alive and he ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, and he's given us the advocate, our best friend, the Holy Spirit, who is now causing these things to happen, and you got to give your life to him. So one week later, Peter goes from denying Jesus in in front of a 12-year-old girl to getting up and speaking that message, and 3,000 people in an instant come to know Jesus. Come on, that tells me the Holy Spirit's kind of important. It's kind of important. And I'm excited about it on this fall Sunday because I want you to have that. Because maybe for some of us, we walk into our Mondays at work and someone says, hey, did you go to church yesterday? Oh, no, I wouldn't me. Are you sure? Thought I saw it. No, no. And we're afraid. We resist. We're unaware of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and through us. Look at this quote I love from another author named C.T. Studd. What a great name. (laughs) He says this, Let us not glide through this world and then slip quietly into heaven without having blown the trumpet loud and long for our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Let us see to it that the devil will hold a thanksgiving service in hell when he gets the news of our departure from the field of battle. I don't know about you, but I want to put that quote on my desk and on my wall because I want that to be my life. I don't want to just glide through this life. I don't want to just do life under my own control in the natural. I want to live filled with the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. So write these things down for me as we go through them. First thing is this, is who is the Holy Spirit? Let's unpack quick characteristics about who he is. Number one, he is my inner voice that draws me. He is my inner voice that draws me closer to God. I believe you're in this room because the Holy Spirit is working in your life. Scripture tells us that no one comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws them. Now, you have the choice whether or not you give and surrender your life to God and you invite Jesus into your life, but the Holy Spirit has drawn us into this place. It may have been an Instagram invite or your your family inviting you or a friend bringing you, but I believe you sitting in this seat or watching online is a testimony that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and drawing, drawing drawing you in. It's not just that conscience voice, right? It's the Holy Spirit telling you, hey, that's not a good idea. That's wrong. And we gotta let that inner voice speak to us. It's way deeper than just the angel and devil sitting on our shoulders, right? You ever seen that in cartoons? It's the Holy Spirit telling us, hey, that's not who you are. 
give you another quote by one of my favorite authors, Eugene Peterson, who wrote the message translation of the Bible. He says this, we don't form our personal spiritual lives out of a random assemblage of favorite texts in combination with individual circumstances. Look at this, we are formed by the Holy Spirit in accordance with the text of Holy Scripture. God does not put us in charge of forming our personal spiritualities. We grow in accordance with the revealed word implanted us, implanted in us by the Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And if you would ask him to speak to you right now in this moment, he will, I promise you. And, and as we close today in just a few minutes, I'm gonna give you a chance to say some pretty simple prayers that could be transformative for you. Because listen, the Holy Spirit, he's that inner voice that draws me closer to God, and that never stops. I've been following Jesus for over 20 years, and that voice never stops because God's love never stops and is never ending. Second thing is, is who is the Holy Spirit? He helps me to be. Like, I, I can't do this life without him. We've talked about this. He helps me. God helps you. He compels me to live the life that God created for me. You ever woken up and gone through the end of the day and been like, man, I just feel like I'm made for more. And maybe it was a great day. You had a great day with your wife, great day with the family, great day in your business, but you put your head down on that pillow and you're like, I just feel like I was made for more. That is the Holy Spirit giving you that inner frustration of like, hey, yes, you're doing these great natural things, but there are some spiritual things that God wants you to do as well, and he can help you, and he wants to help you. We were talking in our huddle earlier, every, every morning our, our home team, our volunteers huddle together. We just share wins of like what God's done in our life. And our kids director, Haley, was sharing how this past week, she's an elementary school teacher, and she said one of her coworkers came up and said, hey, there's just something different about you. Amidst the craziness of elementary school, you just seem to be at peace. Is it like Zen or some like mantra thing? Like what's going on in you? She's like, well, I do have peace. And no, it's not some sort of feeling or ethereal force. It's a person. And that person is the Holy Spirit working in my life, sustaining me, helping me. I want you to know that the key to this life is not some self-help thing. It's a spiritual-centered life that only comes by surrender because the Holy Spirit wants to help you. The third thing is this, that the Holy Spirit convicts me upward. This has become maybe a taboo word in church, but I believe it's because the enemy doesn't want us to talk about it. And it's the word of conviction. Now we think of conviction and we immediately think the legal system, convicted of a felony, convicted of breaking the law. That's actually not what the word means in scripture. What the word in scripture means is that when the Holy Spirit convicts us, it's not saying, hey, here's what you've done and you're gonna be punished for that. What he's saying is, hey, here's what you're doing but here's who you really are. It's not a conviction downwards. We have, some of us, we have that perception of God, that God just wants to say, hey, this is how much you've messed up. This is what your past, I'm still thinking about those things from your past and those mistakes and those doubts that you have. I'm, I, I just gotta stomp you down and defeat you so that then you really see who, no. The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, this is the way you're living. This is what you're giving your life to. This is what you're addicted to, but that's not who you are. Here's the thing, everybody. Every single one of us in this room are living under the control of some spirit. And I'm not getting weird, I'm just being honest with you. Some of us, we live under the spirit of control. We live under the spirit of pride. We live under the spirit of depression, anxiety, fear. We live under the spirit of our past. And I want you to know today that 
you can be healed from that and you can be free from that. You can empty yourselves of those things and be filled of the Holy Spirit because he wants to convict you upward to who you were created to be. And why is this so powerful? It's because the great identity the Holy Spirit has in our lives as well is that he comforts us as friend. I love the idea of realizing the Holy Spirit is a comforter. It is a title that Jesus gives him, that he is your comforter, he is your friend. If you're feeling stressed today, know that the Holy Spirit comforts you. Can I ask you an intense question? Just to be honest, are you ready to receive bad news? Like if today you were to receive just some horrible news, would it destroy you? Would it defeat you? Or would you realize, man, this is true and real and this, this news, this phone call that I've received is some of the worst news I've ever gotten. But I know that in that moment, the Holy Spirit will comfort me and be there for me so I can have hope even though my situation may feel hopeless. And this is my, the, the fifth one here is that Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is my advocate. You know what that is? I, I love this one. It means that the Holy Spirit goes to battle for me. He stands in the gap for me. Maybe you've heard me tell this story before. When Shepard, our five-year-old now, was a year old, oh, not a year old, a month old, he had to have surgery. And we didn't know what the surgery was for. And he was in pain, and he was in the ER just screaming and crying. We had no idea why. And I remember holding my little tiny one-month-old baby. He was way tinier than his brother. His Teddy's big and fat. Shepard was nice and skinny when he was little and a month old. It was really nice, really, he was really cuddly. Our second son is not cuddly at all. He's like, I'm good, but Shepard was very cuddly. I remember holding him so tightly and praying, God, I don't know what's going on, but I pray that you would heal him, you would help him, you would comfort him, you would give him peace. You know what comforted me in that moment is God brought me back to this verse in scripture where it says that right now, the Holy Spirit reminds us that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God praying for you and for me. And the Holy Spirit, as my advocate, reminded me in that moment, hey, I know you're praying for your son, but you got to realize that the Son of God is praying for your son, Shepherd, even more than you are. And you can be comforted to know the advocate is working in your life. I don't know why you're not excited about that, but that's what's available to you. That's what I want for you. To know that in your darkest situations, you can be comforted and have hope. Sounds good to me. Here's what Jesus says again in John 16, 7. This is the Amplified Translation. I tell you the truth. It's your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, look at all these titles of the Holy Spirit. The Helper, Comforter, Advocate, Intercessor, Counselor, Strengthener, Standby. The guy who stands by you no matter what will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him the Holy Spirit to you. To be in far fellowship? To be in earned fellowship? to be in close fellowship with you. My fear and my frustration as a pastor would be that we walk out of this room every single Sunday the same. We had a moment with God, but we never allowed Jesus and the Holy Spirit in. Because when the Holy Spirit is in you, man, does it change everything. In the ER of a hospital room, in our workplaces, we feel like, man, I'm not walking through this on my own. And here's the thing, you may be saying, why does he have that hose up there? Well, I'm gonna show you right now. So here's the thing, obviously we know that, a little water came out, that's right. Um, honestly, obviously we know that if you have a hose at your house, you know you connect it to the source, right? I, I, right now this hose has no power, has no really utility because it's not connected to the source. 
But to say I were to take this hose and screw it into the faucet, I would be connected to the source. And I believe a lot of us, we're connected to the source right now. If you're not, I'm gonna give you the invitation at the end of the day to be connected to the Father. But you're connected to the source. But what has happened is, because of mistakes, because of control, because of that spirit, of whatever it is that I've mentioned that you're allowing to hold on to you, this is what's happened with all the living water and power that God wants to bring you, this is how you're living. And you're like, I'm connected to the source. I'm connected to God. I'm going to church. I'm reading my Bible. I'm spending time in my small group. But why is nothing coming out? It's because you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit. You are allowing the kinks in your life to hold you up. And how do you let go of this? It's by realizing that naturally, if I just let go of what I'm trying to control, if I let go of what I'm holding on to, it naturally straightens itself out. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to open those kinks. He wants to open those blockages so that the living water and the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit can be breathed into your life. So here's what I want you to write down today. I want you to pray. I'm gonna give you a chance to pray these prayers as we close right now. And what is the Holy Spirit in me? How does it grow? How does it happen? The first thing is, is number one, Holy Spirit, show me. In Psalm 139, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I would encourage you today, as we begin to close, Holy Spirit, show me. Where are those blockages in the hose of my life where you want to push through, where you want to bring that strength and that whole, and your Holy Spirit? Search me point out those things. So I believe for some of us, it's just taking that next step. I would invite you, next Sunday is one of our favorite Sundays at Local City. We do these a bunch of times during the year, and it's our Baptism Sunday. Maybe you just need to realize that you've been forgiven and set free and that your old life has gone. You've never done this because you've always come up with a reason to not, but just stop resisting it and let that moment be a before and after moment for you when it comes to living as a new creation. But I want the Holy Spirit to show you some things today. Holy Spirit, show me. The second thing is, is Holy Spirit, change me. Holy Spirit, change me. I think it's an incorrect verse on there, but what Galatians chapter 5 through 23 and 24 says, that the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, is things like love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the fruit of your life. This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So many times we get so focused on the gifts and again, we'll talk about that. We'll have messages on that in the future. But I want you to know that when the Holy Spirit is filling you, this is the fruit that happens. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All good stuff, all needed things. I never won the self-control award in my school, my Christian school growing up. But I know with the Holy Spirit, I can figure out how to do it, right? Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, change me. And the last one is this. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. I love what it says about the apostles in Acts 13. And the believers were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. I just don't believe you can live your life without enthusiastic joy and excitement when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I love what I get to do. I love my life. Is it hard sometimes? Oh, yeah. Does the world go crazy sometimes? Definitely. But I know that I can be filled with joy because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And I love what the message version in Ephesians 4 says as we close. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. 
Is Holy Spirit right now, local city, moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself and don't take such a gift for granted. And as we're sitting here today, I pray that you would just close your eyes. In a moment, we'll stand and we'll respond in worship and we'll close out service. But I wanna take 60 seconds for this moment. If you wanna put your notes down, if you wanna put your phone down and just stay with me here. And I pray that right now you would just repeat these prayers after me and just allow whatever to happen, happen in what God shows to you and what the Holy Spirit speaks to you. So the Holy Spirit in me looks like this. Number one, Holy Spirit, show me. Would you pray that in your own words? Would you pray that statement? Holy Spirit, show me. I pray that you would do it out loud. Let him hear it. Holy Spirit, show me. Point out those things that are blocking me from the living water that you want to flow in through my life. Show me those things that the spirits that I'm living under that are not your freeing Holy Spirit. Show me, show me, show me. Holy Spirit, change me. Change is hard, but change is needed for growth. So Holy Spirit, I want you to change me today. And the last one is, Holy Spirit, fill me. I don't want to live empty. I want to live filled by your spirit. I want to live strong and understanding that you're there, you're with me. Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, change me. And Holy Spirit, fill me. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.